you're looking for a sexy, sweaty, thriller adventure set on the high seas, you've come to a very strange place. Welcome to episode 21 of Get Spoiled. My name is Samantha Herman, joined as always by my co-hosts Jeremy Knight and Chris Wilson, and today we'll be spoiling the feature film, Serenity. That's healthy. Oh yeah, today's the super super ball. Yeah, super ball. Sure is. Can't wait. Big fan. Having the bros uh, over. Great. I'm happy for you guys. Very excited. It's, it's annual Tom Brady day. It's a special day for everyone and their families. I'm excited that you're excited. I'm oh excited for Adam Levine. Will at any point in the performance will Travis Scott be shirtless? Uh, I don't know. Uh, that's hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> Can it no. be like a blouse, like unbuttoned? Full open shirt is not shirtless. I know. So that's a question. So he also sometimes wears like nothing but like a leather hand solo vest and no shirt. <laughs> does that count? No, I think no that shirtless. does not count. Shirtless is shirtless. Shirtless is like you're going into a swimming pool. Really fascinating to see how that plays out. <laughs> I'm um, excited. I mean, I you're, might getting, you're, you're getting me to want to watch the, 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 the Super Bowl here. That's why. That's what I do. You should see my pool. It's so funny. Um, and then I have a huge picture of Tom Brady, also shirtless, wearing nothing but a fur coat. That's on my pool. <laughs> but course. I made a really fun game, and I really tried to make it fun for the non-football fan. Yeah, like I don't care, but I care to enjoy the thing that is important to the world today. Can I yeah. send? Can I send my? You care more things? than they care about those things. Yeah, send it to me. I'm going to a splashy party, and uh, maybe I can make waves with this thing. You can use my pool. You can say you made it yourself if you want. I might, except that if they ask any follow questions, I'd be hard pressed to. Discuss. I made it really easy. I made it real easy. This is uh, this is looking good. I like how you named it in all caps. Thank you. Nice font. Nice font. <laughs> it didn't print it. Thank you. I like the font too. What color will the coach be spilled with? I mean, I have to go purple just because personal preference. I'm, go, but... I'm going water. Water's a popular call. No, I guess I'll really go. Well, what are their outfit colors? Uh, the Patriots wear blue. They wear red, white, and blue, but predominantly blue. And the Rams are blue and yellow. Then I think I'm going to go with blue for both. You think of blue on blue? Yeah. You think they're gonna they're gonna tone this, they're gonna color code this. Yeah. Tone on tone. <laughs> yeah. I like how Sam's going color theory on the Gatorade question. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, well, I'm a spring, so and <laughs> the coach is an autumn, as far as I know. Yeah, like, do you want to ask about the coach's hair colors? I mean, oh, that would yeah. be important. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna print this and bring it. I have a follow-up question on uh, number uh, four. Okay. <laughs> Now, does that mean that the person is the one to cross into the end zone? Yes, unless it's a field goal, in which case the kicker is assigned the score. But it's, not, is, the, I, I it's not a throwing thing, the passing well, you, guy. No, the passer the, is not the scorer of the touchdown. Okay. That's right. You get, a, you get awarded a touchdown pass. So when Tom Brady throws a deep one and it's caught by a, one of his teammates, 
Tom Brady is awarded a touchdown pass, but the scorer of the touchdown is the guy that caught it and took it into the end zone. Very right. good. <laughs> Sam, Sam loves this game. I do. I love games and betting and fun. I just yeah. don't know anything about football. And That's America. my only weakness. Yeah, and America. Bring this pool. Everyone will play. It'll I'm be fun. going to print it. I'm printing it right now. How many copies are you printing? Well, I'm going to a big party, so I think not that many, but then everyone can share and record their own answers. That's true. Beautiful. Are you going to have a clipboard? Are you asking if I have a clipboard or if I'm going to take my clipboard? Two different questions. Well, I already know the answer to the first question. (laughs) (laughs) Even though we've never discussed this, I know that you do have a clipboard. Clipboards. I only have so much time, and I need to spend it watching such films as Serenity. Exactly. That's what we should be watching. We should be watching the serenities of the world. I mean, the twist, I'm not sure what the twist is. I'm also not sure, based on the trailer, what this movie is actually about. Um, because could, it just seemed to be a bunch of things that I were I feel like I could recap it in together four into minutes, a trailer. Because it's like, there's, it's nothing. It's nothing and I, then so stupid. The other thing that compels me about this movie is like, how did they get this? In, this is maybe one of the best casts, maybe the best cast of any movie we've done on this podcast. How did they get these people to agree to do this movie? There must have been something to the script. I have to and think. And I will add on top of that, I've been seeing headlines that say that the two leads of this film are furious at how it's turned out. Yes, yeah, they're and they're furious, furious at, the at the marketing. The, they're furious that there was no marketing. Like they yeah. wanted to be promoted more to get it out there. Okay, so wait, let's start at the beginning. I, I mean, presumably you went into this. When did you see this again? Like a week ago, not even. And you, And you went into this film like... Knowing what you were getting yourself into to some extent, like you heard about this film early on, you probably thought, "Ooh, McConaughey." Yeah, that's all ooh. I thought of was "Ooh, ooh McConaughey." Thriller. Ooh, and ooh, yeah, McConaughey. I thought it was a sexy, sweaty boat thriller. I didn't know there was a twist in play that, like, that was a thing. Being so you were probably about. jazzed for this, like, originally, and then you yeah. started hearing things, and you were like, "Ah, this seems dubious, maybe a little." Yeah, I don't but speak even for you. But- that is true, but even in my dubious state, I didn't know about the like, twistness. I just thought it was a bad, sweaty boat thriller. Is that because yeah. you went to see it so close to to when it came out that you yeah. didn't get to hear about all the ridiculousness? Yeah. Okay. I would like to point out that this seems like a repeat visit for this podcast to Stephen Knight. Um, it says here that he's the director and writer, and uh, it seems like he was the writer of The Girl in the Spider's Web. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, and We've done Halfway before, Ocean's 8. And we've done McConaughey before. There you go. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gun, Gun Runner Fred, or whatever the hell that movie is <laughs> White Boy Rick. White Boy Rick. <laughs> Gun Runner Fred, classic film. <laughs> it sounds like Serenity has something high concept going on that we're going to find out. And, it, yeah, and he's of. also a creator, writer of Peaky Blinders and of Taboo, the TV series. Yeah, he works. This guy must be fucking rich. He this also wrote works. the Bradley Cooper cooking movie, Burnt, which I didn't see, but I'm sure Sam did. Yes, I did. Um, obviously, I did. And it is not good. It is very bad. But <laughs> Cooper. But Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> and Burnt. Yep. He's a hotshot chef. He's, the ba- he's, a ba- he's a sexy bad boy chef. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... I'm there for that. Yeah. Did he did he have his his uh, shirt sleeves rolled up, chopping things, getting sweaty over the grill? That's been a that's while, but I'm going to confirm. Yes, Chris, that's basically the poster. Yeah. <laughs> Do you Just, think he, uh, he he is established enough to like 
have this con- high concept vision and then like sort of get the freedom to overcome the potential hesitation of the studio and be like, guys, trust me. Look what I've done so far. I feel I'm like, going to do this crazy yeah. thing and it's going to work out great. And they were like, okay. And then it didn't really work out great. Yeah, I feel like the combination yeah. of his stature plus McConaughey and Hathaway yes. going along for it would have eliminated any studio oversight, which is how this movie is in the shape it's in. That's great. Uh, I'm so happy that that occurred, even if the result <laughs> isn't for everybody. I'm so glad that that can still happen. Like, we're going to get to a day soon where there just won't be stars like McConaughey who can just be like, yeah, man, like me and Stephen Knight, we're on a journey. Like, don't worry about it. Like, you'll get the final cut when it's ready. Like, we're, we're, we're fucking unlocking things here, you know? We're kind of, we're being told the story by the story. Like, that yeah, there's is so many awesome. layers. The edit's just really editing us, and we just need to let it play out. Yeah, I'm like me, but I'm also watching me on this journey. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I assume McConaughey talks to studio executives. There's no way that that's not true. There is, And speaking of, uh, you know, we were talking about Travis Scott earlier and shirtlessness. Absolutely. I feel like, I feel like McConaughey is having that conversation to the studio executives while wearing a white linen shirt, fully unbuttoned and like <laughs> barely holding onto his, his wearing it like a cape practically. Well, I'll tell you this. He He's is a fucking legend. A butt nudity in this movie is high proportions. Wait, <laughs> frontal? No. Well, but. no, butt, butt. And then, oh, but. not oh, butt naked, but his as in butt, the his anatomy. buttocks, his, his yes. buttocks. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's just be clear. His buttocks are prominent. There's Sweaty also a, buttocks. There's also I assume. a side side uh, silhouette, and yeah. trust me when I tell you that I was trying to get a glimpse of whatever I could glimpse, and that it was near impossible. Well, let me be the first to offer you my condolences. <laughs> you won't be the first because I've already had this conversation with one Jason Davidson. Um, but thank you. <laughs> Oh, well, hats off to Jason. I feel like if anyone else should have offered their condolences first, it was him. Yep. That's friendship. Yeah. It's friendship and it's focus. I'd love to hang out with with MM. If you're going to pick, like, Hollywood celebs to hang out with, he's up there. how could he not be a good time? I'm sure he's oh. a great time. He's a He's one chill hang, that guy. Wait, who are your top picks? I haven't really prayed on this in a while. Whoa, I, I, uh, I don't know, but I mean, I would put McConaughey on the list. Yeah, I don't know who else I would pick. It's tough. Well, I think T- you know who Jeremy and I's top pick is, but besides TC, yeah, yeah, TC. I, I'm what about, for what about BC? You're you're right. You're 100 <laughs> right. TC and BC. BC has shot up the list for me after this but, film. But after neither of those, film. neither of those guys intimidate you two at all. You you would just be like, yeah, I'll hang, no problem. Like, this has to be, like, an enjoyable hang, not just, like, a, a being awed by someone's presence. That's not a hang. I That's believe not... that Cruz is so hospitable that he would eliminate all of my self-doubt. Exactly, like Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, I completely, that's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Bradley Cooper, I might be a little intimidated, yes. But yeah, not but Tom Cruise. No, Tom, he Tom would Cruise. just envelop us. Yeah. He is, like, love. Like, he is love. Like, there's nothing intimidating about love. <laughs> How about we relate this to Serenity? Mm-hmm. So we've established that McConaughey would be a good hang. Great. How do you feel about Hathaway? 
I think she'd be a decent hang. I, I, can't I have tell. to say, years I ago, I thought she would be a terrible hang, but I think I was making assumptions, and I think she'd be a much better hang than I thought. I want to I give agree. her that, you know? I feel like she has this sort of regalness about her look, and she had some roles early on that were sort of stuffy a little bit or something, and I read that as her personality, but I feel like she's a bit of a chameleon. I feel like she's she's chill. Yeah, I feel like we were all quick to judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would. I, I want to admit that, and I want to. I want to. I want to acknowledge it, and I want to move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mm, okay. You prefer a grizzled veteran. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or just a genuine crazy person. But I yeah. don't want well, like a hungry. Obvious. I don't want like a hungry pro who's still like on the up. I see, because they're like. He's just kind of trying to be trying to see what he can get out of you if you're hanging out kind of thing. Yeah. And he's going to try to alpha me all the time and like make sure that he establishes that he's the man. Like when we go into a room, he's going to like try to dominate the room. I just I can't compete with that. Like pissing all over the place and stuff. No. I'll go back and I'll go back to Tom Cruise's house. Like I don't need that. <laughs> or McConaughey if you're on the set of this film. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You'll go back to his bungalow or his yeah. trailer or his yeah. his Airstream vintage Airstream trailer. Yeah. And we'll just have a shirts off bongo party. and It'll be fucking great. Yeah, It'll just be all good, all good vibes. You'll have a you'll have a sweat lodge. Yeah. Oh, Spirit I'd love to sweat lodge with McConaughey. Like have I'll like be... a vision quest together. I mean, I mean, who wouldn't? I think we can all agree that we would have liked, despite whatever misgivings Samantha or us after this podcast is over might have about this film. I think we can all agree that hanging out on set with this crew in Mauritius wouldn't have been all that bad. No, no, not would have been all. a hell of a time. And. Yeah. uh I assume it's not set in Mauritius. It seems like it's set in the United States. Great question. Caribbean? That is a plot point. Um, should we just start? I don't even know. Sure. Oh, spoil already... this. Spoil this film. Let tell us about the story of Baker Dill, which is McConaughey's <laughs> name, which nope. is the worst name for a character I've ever seen in my life, or the best. I'm not sure. <laughs> Willie will not be saying that name. Baker Dill. Nope. Yeah, I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten. First name that Baker. Name. <laughs> last name Dill. Yeah. That's not That's happening. Not Baker Dill. Hand, on the other hand, Jamin Hansu's character's name is Duke, which I'm I can get with that. I can definitely get with that. Yeah. <laughs> There's also so, a character named Ape. There I, is. I, I look I look forward to knowing more about him. <laughs> well, good luck. <laughs> That's too bad because Sam doesn't know who that is. <laughs> His name's Ape. Uh, okay. Yeah. Let's do it. So we open on a fishing boat excursion, helmed by Matthew McConaughey and his first mate. Jaiman Hunsu, a.k.a. Duke. Sorry, Skipper Baker Dill. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and his first mate, Duke. First mate, Duke. Yeah, I am not calling him Baker Dill, though. Skipper I just Dill. I reconfirm that. I'll be calling All him right. McConaughey. And so they got two guys that have paid for the excursion, and they finally have something hooked on the line, and McConaughey realizes it's the one, like the fish, uh, like an old man in the sea kind of deal. Okay, and sorry, let me just stop you. So you said they have two other men on the boat, so they're charter guys. They take out other guys fishing. Yes. And we were not given a setting. Not at this time. Because I hope you understand, like, I'm going to be taking Hail Mary shots at what this twist is every 30 seconds. So enjoy I, that. I think that's what this <laughs> podcast should be at all times. So we, we should feel free to just let fly. Yeah. The only question is at what point Sam gets furious with us for interrupting her recap <laughs> which you know inevitably happens so. we should take bets on that 
when Ooh. I blow my top. <laughs> An over-under? <laughs> yeah. We can't take bets with you present, though. That's not how it works. Jeremy Aww. and I would have to take side bets on a side Skype. What, what, what did we bet? We didn't even bet anything. <laughs> it's just honor. Oh, wow. That's truly priceless. Isn't it? <laughs> All right, so we better get going just so right. we can get oh, yeah, yeah. to an annoyed so state as fast as possible. They're doing so they're slow as possible. So they reeled in the big one, and McConaughey said, oh, that's the big one. Wait, they, they haven't reeled the it. They've hooked the big one, and they McConaughey gets all Thank excited, you. and it's, you know, it's his white whale. Um, and he gets all fired up, and Duke's like, oh, like, he's back. It's the one. And the two hiring guys are like, you know, strap us in. Like, we paid for this. We have to do it. And McConaughey refuses to pass over the the pole to them or whatever the rig is because he wants Oh, so this. he hooked it. It was but, just kind of like dangling while they were waiting like for a catch. Yeah, uh, right. Um, okay. A lot of lines on rigs. Yeah, and so he's Thanks, meant to like, give it to them <laughs> to like do the like last bit. So he's being unprofessional and he wants the glory for himself. Yeah, he's gone mad hungry for it. And they he's get really... a vendetta. Yeah, he does. They get mad, and then he turns a gun on them, and it's like, get in the, whatever, like, the inside I'm part sorry, of the what? boat. <laughs> this is my catch. Yeah. How many seconds into the movie are we right now? <laughs> like, we, 45? Like we're 30 seconds, <laughs> and he's got a gun on his clientele. Yeah. Pistol? Whips out a pistol? Yeah. Was it in his waistband or something? I don't know. It was on the deck, I guess. They're like, dude, I hired you. I want to I wanna try to reel this big boy, and he's yeah. like... Get in the side, the fucking cabin. Yes. <laughs> so far, this movie rules. Yeah, this movie rules. So he locks them in an interior cabin or down below or something. He doesn't even lock them. Duke is just like, you guys just stay back there. Where's? How does Duke feel about what he's what's occurring right now? Is he rolling his eyes like, oh McConaughey? No, he is alarmed. Fa- this is uh, okay. out of bounds for McConaughey. But as his first mate, he does have his back, um, and he also doesn't want anyone to get killed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he starts reeling it in and he's like, go ahead, Duke, carefully get the, get the other hook. So he's supposed to get the fish mostly above the surface. And then Duke is supposed to like hook it manually with like a huge like a hand net. hook. I don't know. I don't know like if it's terms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have known if you didn't say anything. <laughs> and they're struggling. Duke's hands are shaking. And he's like, you, it's not time yet, McConaughey. We need to give him, like, he's still struggling. And McConaughey's like, no, he's spent. It's time. We finally got him. And, of course, they don't. And the fish gets away. But we never find out what kind of fish we're talking about here, we right? We see it. It's enormous. Like, if you hugged the fish, your arms, like, your hands wouldn't touch. So this is like a big swordfish or something like that? Tuna, maybe, but just okay. huge. Okay. So it gets away. Um, and they get in a fight over Makane's instability after they get back to shore. Um, and how are the, how are the yeah. customers feeling after being uh, let out of the cabin? Uh, indignant. They refuse to pay. They don't tip, fair. obviously. <laughs> they do not tip, and they don't pay at all. And Duke is upset because now he can't get his wage. Well, I mean, McConaughey it, should pay him. He Con- should pay him, but McConaughey's... Yeah, the skipper's re- responsible for that. Yeah, he is, skipper but he's Dull. also... Uh, he's a gig-to-gig cash poor. Right. I guess right. McConaughey could have just pulled a gun on Duke, too, and been like, <laughs> shut up. That could maybe just his move. 
it's I mean, it seems from your description that he went from like their objection, their initial objection to pulling a gun on them pretty quickly. It was abrupt. Yes. But he had, you see, a fiery hunger and um, dedicated passion for this white whale overcame him. He couldn't help himself. I did feel that from your description. And as we all know, you love passion. I do. (laughs) I'm passionate for passion. Um, So McConaughey says, don't worry about it, Duke. I'll get the money. Trust me. And we're going back out tomorrow. And Duke says, we are. We have another gig. And he says, no, it's just the two of us. We're going out for that fish. Okay. There's obviously a story here that they haven't told us about yet. And guess what? They don't really later. Um, he visits Diane Lane, and they make love. This is the first time we see his buttocks, um, and she's very aware that it's a transactional situation, and she's okay with that. She's like, oh, kitty, you came back. You must, you know, be down and out again. And she gives him a wad of money, and she's okay with it. He's okay with it. So they're not together, but they just do this from time to time. So sorry, he goes to her place or she comes to his place? She goes to he goes to her place. And and she gives him money. After they love me. So she's a, a wealthy That's woman money. and he's a paycheck to paycheck, gun toting <laughs> crazy skipper <laughs> yes. who with a hot bod and uh and a need for cash. Correct. All right. And she's like happy to just sort of like give him some some pocket money. Oh, yeah, uh, more than if he she's stops like, by and gives her a nice evening. Yeah, totally. She's like, yeah, I know you've come. I know what you need, my little kitty. It's just super creepy and says kitty a lot, and it was gross, and I didn't like it. Is Diane Lane a, mar- a married woman or a, a single? Seems to be single. Okay. Um, and we're, be a, like, we don't see, a widow or we don't see independently a wealthy. Okay. Yeah. She sounds sure of herself. She sounds confident. Oh, and she also, so this is going to situate this a little bit. So they're on an island called Plymouth Island, and from first glance, I thought it seemed to be in the Caribbean or, like, Cuba-esque territory, Um, but it was not totally clear. And then she references her son, who's working in Miami. So that made me feel a little more confident about my geography. Florida Keys. But it's still not confirmed. So McConaughey says... Uh, oh, if your son is struggling, looking for work in Miami, he seemed to have a uh, talent for the seas. So if he ever came back to Plymouth Island, I would take him on if that would help you out as a crewman. I won't be able to pay him because I don't. <laughs> my customers don't pay me because I pull a gun on them. But you pay me for sex and then he can get some of that money. <laughs> yep. Uh, okay. So McConaughey throughout the movie, starting at this point and then many times over, has dreams about a young boy. Um, it seems to be a son. Not sure. No context. Just like, oh, how things used to be. I miss you. That kind of thing. And he keeps getting woken up in like a cold sweat from these nightmares. So that so, recurs. So they're, 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 they're establishing that he's a troubled, a troubled man. Yes. And it's implying that perhaps he has a son, maybe. Had, has, right. what have you. Had. Yes. Yep. Um, okay, let's see. Okay, Do you live, he lives alone. He lives alone, and he—I don't know if we've seen it yet, but he lives in basically um, like a shipping freighter that he's converted into a residence. <laughs> <laughs> On the water? Nope. It's like a beached boat. It's just yeah, like a cube. 
Oh, like a shipping container. Yes. He goes to the local supply store to get new tools, lures, and hooks and such for the next Mm -hmm. excursion. And we see in this exchange is a female shop owner um, that she already knows what went down with the gun. And everyone knows everyone's business on Plymouth. And that's just par for the course. That's part of the life of Plymouth. So this is like a vacation spot slash rich folk getaway location. It's not rich. It has like one thing of everything. One bar, one shop, one marina. Um, Okay, but but there are wealthy people there. Yeah. Okay. But it is not like a high-end place. So it's just like a a getaway. It's more like a good place for fishing. So... They head out, Duke and McConaughey, and Jeremy Strong is new to the film. He's buttoned down, uh, twitchy, nerdy suit guy holding a briefcase. He runs up to the boat. He's like, Mr. Dill, Mr. Dill. That's the only time I'll say that name. Um, but he just misses them. And he looks upset. Um, I, like, I like Jeremy Strong, and he, I can see him doing that role very well. <laughs> yes, good. yes good he's good he's good with a briefcase (laughs) yeah he wields it well um okay mcconaughey purposefully instigates a fight with duke to force him to quit because he knows he can't afford him anymore and he wants duke to look for more viable opportunities working for some of the larger boats and because he has a granddaughter in college and he's trying to look out for him and so they get in the fight and duke does quit Duke has a granddaughter in college? Yeah, the ages of the the individuals in this film do not align with reality. So McConaughey is back at home, and this is the first kind of glimmer of some oddities in the movie. Oh, I'm he, sorry, wait, sorry, did Duke quit? Did Duke, Duke quit? Take, yeah, he does Duke quit. Duke did quit. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Yep, okay. So McConaughey has spilled water on his table, and we cut to a boy that seems to be maybe the same boy from his dreams. We're not sure. We don't really see his face um, in his room on his computer. And he's also spilled. And McConaughey is, like, apologizing just kind of into this into air. Like, I'm sorry I couldn't be more with you or that I failed you. And it seems like the boy is hearing that and they're kind of able to communicate through water. But then it gets broken up the boy gets distracted or something and so like they don't have a conversation but there's uh connectivity between them through water so it's interstellar with water now mcconaughey is making ends meet by fishing for swordfish and selling it at the like fish butcher for meals like for to ship to uh to ship to the states for restaurants and honestly i was thinking that that would have been a better way for him to go anyway, considering the way he treated his customers. I was thinking, <laughs> just actually fish. He's doing this, and he's uh, getting some okay dough, but the big catch is still weighing heavily on his mind, and it's still all-consuming. Ah, so th- yeah. this is this is what's driving the plot forward now? How? F- okay, wow. I did no, not expect this. It's, well, we're about to get a big new element, because we have okay. not met Anne Hathaway yet, but we are right now. Okay. So McConaughey is at the one and only bar in town having a drink, and Anne shows up, and she's very pristine, just as you said, regal, fancy-like. And, and she blonde. Shows, yeah, real blonde. Um, so she shows up, and she calls him John, not Baker Dell. She, she knows it again. him. Yeah, so I know. Sometimes you just have to say it. 
uh, and we can see that they have a past, and she asks if they can talk more privately, and that he was right, and she was wrong, and now they need to deal with it. So they excuse themselves from the bar, and they go speak privately, and he asks, how did you even find me? And she says that um, maybe you aren't into the, the modern world, but have you ever heard of Facebook? Because I caught up with some of our old classmates, so... Side note, they're meant to be the same age as each other. Um, and I mm -hmm. cross-referenced some of the reunion information, and the only two people who didn't go were you and I, and people just kind of were keeping tabs on you, and we figured out that after the war, you moved here to Plymouth Island. And here I am. After the war? Yeah. The war. The war. That's all they say. He went to war, and now he's been living on Plymouth, but he can't really say for how long, and it's very... Okay. It's like he's losing it a little bit. He can't contextualize his life. I think Plymouth Island has is a little bit of a time bubble, maybe. Mm. Yes, like they're they're out of time. They've come unstuck from the space time continuum. Yeah, it's totally not a twist. Base. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm thinking it's a time thing. Uh, okay, so she says, my husband keeps getting wealthier and wealthier, and as that happened, he got more abusive, just like you warned me he would, um, and it's now just too much to bear. I need your help. And McConaughey says, oh, really? How does our son handle that, Karen? Whoa. And, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. So we learn that the boy that he's communicated with and the boy in his dreams and her son are... Their, is their son together. So we've accepted the fact, this is an established thing, that he's communicated with this kid through the water. Yes. Okay. And All right. We... I'm not going to comment on that. <laughs> Please don't, because I have no rebuttal. Um, okay. And so we flash to the boy periodically, the same as we saw when they were communicating. He's always in his room, always focused on his computer, and we can hear yelling, presumably from Anne Hathaway and the husband, but we don't see them, yelling on the other side of his bedroom door. So we always just keep cutting back to that throughout the movie. Maybe the kid is uh, emailing him through the water. <laughs> yeah. Getting closer, weirdly. Um, oh, what the hell? Wow. <laughs> water. Okay, wow. Water. Something to do with the water. I, I hope we fall ass backwards into this plot twist somehow. Uh, I'm just going to keep going. So <laughs> she's breaking. She's starting to break. <laughs> my honor is on the line here. Uh, Anne says, my husband is coming here in two days. I've arranged to have you take him out on an excursion. He's really excited about it. I've convinced him this is the best place to do fishing. And I want you to throw him overboard and kill him. And I'll give you $10 million. Calling the cops is not going to do anything. And when Mr. Moneybags is, uh, is the man on the, the receiving end. It would seem. Yeah. So, right. But he refuses. He's like, I told you not to get together with him, and I'm not a murderer. I don't care how much money. Like, I'm just not doing that. You have to find another way. Um, so the next time he goes out on the boat, Jeremy Strong runs up again, doing the exact same thing. Mr. Dill, Mr. Dill. Um, and he misses him again, and he looks at his watch, and he says, hmm, that's unusual. He seems to be off schedule by 19 seconds or whatever, some very specific short amount of time. There's something Jeremy going Strong on with time. makes this comment. There's something going on with time. Time. What is happening? <laughs> Sounds like Jeremy Strong is the administrator of time. Kind of. 
he's like a watcher and angel figure. Here's my question, <laughs> and I'll let this sink in for a few minutes. What's in the briefcase? Oh, we'll see what's in the briefcase. Um, where am I? Okay, so Anne Hathaway is at her hotel um, in a robe, and the husband, played by Jason Clark, arrives a day early, shocking and surprising her. And he's like super creepy and abusive, and he's like, I didn't come all this way a day early just to like look at you. Let's get the show on the road. And the show on the road is him basically uh, like systematically beating her. While she remains silent, and it's like erotically charged for him. Okay. All right. Yeah. And like the, again, the talk of the town, like everyone knows that there's new people and that this happened. And McConaughey hears through just the phone tag that she was beaten for hours and never said a word. So the next day, Jason Clark and Anne Hathaway come to the boat on the marina and demand that McConaughey comply with their booking for the next day. And Jason Clark says, my wife has been up on the internet for so many days looking for the perfect vacation for me, and I'm not going to let you disappoint her. I don't care how much it takes. Like, every man has his price. And it's very specific that she was up on the internet all night looking. Um, And McConaughey says, I have no first mate, and it's against the rules to go out with tourists like this. Sorry, I can't do it. And the husband says, I don't care about your rules. I'll give you 10 grand. Uh, I'll be here tomorrow. You better be here too. So around town, the shop owner tells McConaughey that Jeremy Strong has been looking for him and he left a card. And so it's now becoming a thing. Like this, Jeremy Strong is on the lookout actively for McConaughey. Do we see the card? Um, maybe later. It's not a big deal though. Is, um, he, is he being referred to by a name or anything or a... Profession? Yeah, or... I think he had a name, but not a profession. Okay. Um, uh, but just in case I'm wrong, he's purporting himself to be like a fishing equipment representative. Um, and also in that conversation between McConaughey and the shop owner, he reveals his true motive for having Duke quit, which Duke then learns about himself, and he's sympathetic to it, and he approaches McConaughey and says, I'll come. I'll come do the Jason Clark excursion. I'll take two grand. You keep eight. It'll really help me with the college fund. And I understand why you wanted me to quit. I'm like, thank you. I'm good. What? What? Why did he want Duke to quit? To get why better opportunities there? at better paying gigs. So McConaughey turned down ten million to take my husband out and kill him from Hathaway, but he is taking ten grand straight up on the level fishing trip. Yes. Okay, and he's going to break Duke off two of that. Yes. All right. He's sticking with being on the up and up. Yeah, yeah. and McConaughey yeah. says, thank you for coming back. I need you to protect me from temptation. Murder temptation. Yeah. He doesn't explicitly say that yet, but yeah, that's what he means. Or her pulling a gun temptation. <laughs> right, yeah, I was going to say, if the big one shows up, <laughs> all bets are off. <laughs> Maybe take the bullets out of my gun, but don't tell me when you do it. Um, Also, speaking of temptation, is there sexy temptation with Anne Hathaway so far? It's charged. Yeah, it's definitely charged. All right. Oh, it's charged. So Diane Lane, because everyone knows everyone's business and everyone's deal, she asks, like, ooh, my kitty, what's with her? You know, everyone's talking about the two of you and 
seems like you've got some energy between you, and he denies it all, and I'm pretty sure Diane Lane's not in the movie anymore after this. Wow. So well, that. She, that yep. My Kitty thing is creeping me the hell out, so. It's now evening, and it's a torrential rainstorm, and Anne comes to visit McConaughey on his boat, and is now begging him and saying, the son wants me to have you do this. It's not just me. He hears you all the time. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, he hears when you're talking. All the times that you, like, declare whatever, he hears it. And so there's another supernatural moment that she's even affirming it. Has she, has it ever been indicated where she lives? Where her and Frank, her husband, live? Um, No, I don't think so. Okay. If, Just if the so, mainland. it doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, and they passionately make love on the boat. So we see his buttocks Ooh. again, and but he also good, sees all good. her wounds on the back, and now he starts to feel it's more real to him. That yeah. That's that temptation he was happening. talking about. Yeah. Yeah, and she wanted him to see those wounds. That's definitely part of her game there. <laughs> Probably, yeah. So he arrives home to the freighter, and Jeremy Strong is waiting for him. It's still pouring rain. It's 2 a.m. And he says, what the hell are you doing waiting for me in the middle of the night? He's like, I've been trying to find you, and you're always on the water. So I figured I would just hang out here and hope for the best that you'd show up. And it's all mm-hmm. very weird. Um, but they do go inside together. McConaughey's like, fine, just like give me the spiel. Like, Let's get this over with. So he presents himself as this equipment rep guy, and that they want him to use some of their new technology and he opens a briefcase and it's just this like next level like sonar detection device or something so so he's pursuing him for a sponsorship opportunity or something it's very unclear like why do you want me to use it he's like we just want you to give it a go and we know how important tomorrow is and uh, we think you should rethink everything rethink what the murder the potential murder yeah, they want him to test it. That's all they tell him. And that he says, I know what you're planning for tomorrow, and it's against the rules. And McConaughey kind of denies it, but kind of goes he's like, weirded out. Like, what do you mean you know what I'm planning for tomorrow? I'm not planning anything. Because he, at this point, is not planning to actually go through with the murder. Um, and he just says weird things about Plymouth. He, like, questions McConaughey's life on Plymouth in the way that McConaughey gets doubtful about himself. In his memories. But he gives him the business is McCona- card. Is McConaughey just hallucinating? He's an amnesiac. Is he just hallucinating everything? Is this Shutter Island? Like, basically everything that no. he's seeing isn't it? Not in that way, Thank no. God. Good. Okay, good. Because that twist sucks. <laughs> yeah, that, this one's not good, but it's not that. Um, so he does leave the business card. McConaughey phones the phone number on the business card and confirms that that business, you know, they answer... You know, whatever company, who would you like your call to be made to, blah, blah, blah. So it seems like it's a real company, and he's pacified, but he is still... Does, um, does the, the device get leave, left behind for him? I think so, but the device is not used in this movie, so it doesn't matter. Oh, I see. All right. <laughs> yep. It says, I don't, so the point, does not come back at all. The point wasn't the device. The point was the... We know what you're planning, and it's against the rules. Yeah. That seemed to be the strong takeaway of that scene. Yes. The rules are, are referenced a lot. We, I don't have a first mate. It's against the rules. You can't take liquor. It's against the rules. Uh, we want you to test this thing. It'll make the rules better. All that kind of stuff. Um, 
So it's a game. They're all puppets in the in some sort of rich people's powerful, like dystopian game. You're really warm. And maybe something you're really, this is all great. And maybe something particular about the boat. The boat is named Serenity. It's the title of the movie. And most of the rules seem to apply to things that occur on the boat. Mm-hmm. Right? You have to have a first mate on the boat. Um, the thing we know you're going to do tomorrow happens on the boat. So there's something about when he's out on the water. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to catch him before he went out on the boat several times, which he didn't manage to do. Well, you're we're really warm, but now you're making the movie like way too interesting. Okay, cool. So, all right. <laughs> oh, I heard a deep you're breath welcome. there. I heard a deep you're breath welcome. from Sam there. She's on the edge. What are we at? We're at fifty-five, Jeremy. It's already over. Ah, oh, damn it! It's over. He takes it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I still want Sam. I still want Sam to lose it on us, though. <laughs> Um, okay, let's see. Oh, so Makani is really flustered by all of Jeremy Strong's cryptic comments, and he starts looking at maps of Plymouth Island, and so there is a map of the island, but it's not contextualized in regards to any other land. It's just its own map. Um, mm-hmm. And he asks the shop owner if she thinks that's weird, or I'm like, how long have you been here? How long have I been here? Do you ever go like outside of here? And she just kind of repeats an earlier phrase like robotically so he gets no that answers phrase. from her like nothing just like hey how are you are you going out on the seas again like it doesn't matter oh but it's she just, doesn't answer the question doesn't answer the question right. just kind of like cycles back to an earlier remark now we get to the side nudity he dives off a bluff to reflect on everything and he swims for a really long time and we get to enjoy that so it's underwater side silhouette and kind of like a medium shot. Sometimes they close in on it. I'm just situating you to where his junk was on screen and my efforts right. to see it, which failed. Yeah. But heroic efforts nonetheless. <laughs> so they do set out for the excursion. Uh, Duke, McConaughey, Jason Clark, and Hathaway waits on shore. So it's now the next day. And... Jason Clark talks dismissively and derogatorily about his creepy stepson, who is McConaughey's son, but he's not aware of that, of course. Um, and McConaughey is clearly bristling at his commentary, and Duke clues in. Um, and Jason Clark says, I've caught the boy in his computer. He's there all goddamn day. I tried with him. I tried to, like, make him come out and play catch and, you know, be a real man and, like, do fun stuff together, but he just wants to be in his computer all damn day. So finally I stormed in and I thought, whatever, it'll be porn or shooting games or betting. I could have lived with all that, but all he does all day is just play this boring fishing game all damn day. Uh-huh. Ugh. No. Uh-huh. So then they arrive back at the dock and Anne is surprised and annoyed that the husband is still there and that he didn't go through with it. Um, and she pays. Did they catch rent. anything? They did, yeah, but not the big catch or like nothing remarkable. But they did, um, and they book a second day. It's like that was so great. I want to go again tomorrow. And she's like, "Will you do it?" And McConaughey says, "I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do. If you pay me another ten grand, I'll take him out on a second day. No problem. But that's it. That's where I draw the line." So, hmm. so, so there are characters in his game. So, so yeah, I mean, obviously, if it's not just that, that's the the crux of the thing, it seems like. 
I mean, you're really uh, homing in on it. But um, but I wonder what happens. What I'm thinking about now is what happens when the Maconic Hay slash the Sun makes this big catch. Like that feels like the end of the game. Yeah. Nice. That's the goal. That's the boss, right? Well, kind of. You'll you'll see. Um, Maybe so... they'll be reunited once once that happens. Duke accuses McConaughey of the murder plan, and he's really clued in on everything. He's like, I understand what temptation you wanted me to avoid. I know it's your son. I know the history. Like, I get it. You're a good man. Don't do it. This is wrong. No money is worth it. Yeah. Duke Duke would know the twist of the movie he's in. (laughs) Would he? Well, I'm basically going to tell you the twist right now because the movie tells us the twist right now. It's so strange, the pacing of when the reveal is, because it's not near the end exactly, and it's, like, way too into it to be something to know throughout. But anyway, we're about to learn it right now. So, Makane is on the beach. He's falling more and more apart, questioning, like, why I don't understand my memories, like, why I can't really get a grip on what Plymouth Island is. What's happening to me? Am I just going crazy? Do I have PTSD? Like, what is it? So Jeremy Strong shows up and says, he just tells him everything. He says, you're a part of a game, and I am the rules. Like, I am the embodiment of the rules, just basically what you guys noticed. And suddenly, the creator just changed the rules. We were never allowed to have our characters kill before, and your big compulsion used to be your big catch. That was, like, your end boss. Um... But now, Uh out of nowhere, the creator, whoever that is, has added a new compulsion to kill Jason Clark. And we, as the, me, as the rules guys, trying to avoid this because the game is going to be, like, cataclysmic or something. The rules guy is trying to avoid this happening. Yep. But he's the rules guy, and the rules have been changed. Yep, and he's not down. Um so he has his own independent will. He's then. got free will, yeah. Yeah. But not even really, like, it, there's no impact of that. That's just what he says, and that's the way we Maybe learn it's, what it's, the big twist is, which is that... It's contradicting the game logic. Yeah. Now, when he tells him that he's part of a game and that there's a game master, does he... React? No, are we... I'm sure he reacts. <laughs> not are much. we to learn... Are we learning like, oh, you're part of it. You're still a real human being. You live in the world. You're just controlled by rich power brokers that treat people like playthings. Or is he implying that like you're like when like Buzz Lightyear learns he's a toy? That, like, is that it the you're a simulation? Yeah. Wow. Oh. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. You are like it, an avatar created for a game. So. Do we get the sense? Did you have the sense when this happened, when this reveal happened, that, that any of the people in this in this movie are real people? I got the sense that none of them were real people. Right. Okay. okay. And also, like, I didn't want to say this too ahead, and it's also hard to communicate, but there were a couple of moments where it was shot like a video game, like way at the top of the movie, that I did notice. I'm like, that looks stupid. Like, that's that's how a video game looks. And then that now paid off, kind of. Oh. Awesome. Yeah. You, you know what's not that fun? Fishing video games. <laughs> Guess what? There's still a bunch more movie left. Um, so McConaughey, oh, oh. in, in well, reaction to this, not even really, he is like, he's flustered. He doesn't know what to believe, but he doesn't, his reaction isn't what it would be if someone told me I was a video game. I think I'd be like way more out of control and 
upset by it. Yeah, you would expect him to shut down and just stop caring about everything. Well, he. But maybe maybe you can't if you aren't a human being. That's true. Maybe you don't have that capacity. That's true. Um, All right. So, but he's like super flustered and he's driving around. He doesn't know what to do or make of it or b- what to believe. And he runs into Diane Lane's son, as mentioned before, who said, my mom said that you'd bring me on. So I came. And he's, he's just like too distracted by this video game reveal to deal with the son. He's like, I just, no, like forget it, kid. Peace. And he takes off. That night, Duke arranges for Jason Clark to be beaten up as a preventative measure to make sure that McConaughey can't go through with his dastardly, dastardly plan. And Jason Clark's hands are all broken. Oh, yikes. And finds him bleeding in the bathroom. It looks like he's going to be dead, but he's not. He's just beaten up. And he's like, we can't go on the excursion. Like, I can't use my hands. What's the point? I can't, like, use any of the gear. And she seductively convinces him to go out anyway because of all her internet research. And I'd be so disappointed, baby, if you don't even go. Like, I'll come with. I'll help you. It'll be fun. He agrees. Uh, (laughs) Next day, McConaughey does take them out. But he's mad at Duke because he did that beating. So he doesn't come. It's just McConaughey, Jason Clark, and Anne Hathaway. And one of the Marina guys who I think is, what was the name you were into before? Ratman or something? Like, I oh, can't wait here. Ape? Yeah, Rat- I think this is Ape. Uh, Ratman. Oh, awesome. I'm going to call him Ratman. Yeah. He's um, the key to everything. He says, get me another bottle, Ape. Uh, and he says, it's against the rules to take hard liquor on the boat. And McConaughey says, I'm not following the rules anymore. Um, or, like, rules don't I matter know. anymore. So he and Anne ply Jason Clark with booze until he's, like, barely conscious and he's totally out of it. And so McConaughey, to our impression has not necessarily come to terms with the reveal. He's not sure still. Yeah. Okay, so, so he's just he... kind of carrying on as yeah. as things were. And testing well, I mean, the rules too. He's 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 like I'm going to break a rule. Like yeah. it seems like he may, may want to test the boundaries of this. Sure. Yeah. And if if nothing was ever making sense to him and he wasn't believing what he was seeing or hearing or experiencing, then someone telling him this big reveal is another thing that he may not end up believing, you know? Like, how can he differentiate that? So it makes sense that he would test all of this. Yeah, he's yeah. wrestling with a lot. So they're on the boat, and then they find out that the son, Diane Lane's son, has come aboard as a stowaway, and he's like, I thought I would just help. I'm sorry if you're mad. You don't have to pay me, but I just wanted to be helpful. Uh, and Anne is now... <laughs> what is this up with this kid? <laughs> I hate this kid. Yeah, the kid sucks. Anne's it's upset because she thought she was going to be able to convince McConaughey to go through with the kill, and she's like, let's just pay the kid off. And McConaughey refuses. He doesn't want to involve the boy. That's just not fair. So they need to do it out of sight or, like, figure out a different way. Um, so they're figuring that out. And Jason Clark is just getting more and more drunk. Finally, they get something on the line. And guess what? It's the white whale again. Uh, the big catch. And McConaughey starts reeling it in. And you think, like, he's finally getting at his moment. But instead, at the last second, so Jason Clark is screaming, like, strap me in. Because they have to, like, put them in, like, a harness. Yeah, in that chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole, the whole thing. He's like, strap me in. Your hands are broken, and dog. He doesn't care. Uh, he's like, just put them in. And Anne Hathaway is like, I'll help you. So they do that. They place the rod in his hands and, like, purposefully unsafely. And he just gets pulled over, overboard by the big catch. And that's their plan. 
And okay, so the so son now he... thinks it was an accident. They're like, man, overboard. And then, okay. and then he's just gone. He's gone. He drowns. And that's that. Anne Hathaway is pleased. Um, McConaughey back on shore runs into Jeremy Strong again. And he says, I figured out who the game creator was. I figured out what it was all along. And I thought it was really obvious. Maybe not for you guys yet because you didn't see all the cutaways. But it's like, it's just a boy who hates his abusive stepfather. And he just created this world where his real father could, or bio father could take vengeance. I'm like, yeah, that's uh, pretty much how things appeared. Uh, And then we cut back to the real boy who we've been cutting back to all along. He's wielding a knife. The yelling between Anne Hathaway and Jason Clark or whoever the parents are is still happening on the other side of the door. He storms out and we just see on his screen the coding for the game, the fishing game. And we just hear, like, yelling. And then later, we see a news report of a murder by a gifted but troubled boy who had all this, like, tech insight but was from a broken and troubled home. And he's killed his stepfather and his bio dad died in the war. And the last thing we see is the picture of the real bio dad who is McConaughey in, like, an army outfit. And that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. So this kid just did all of this for catharsis and then actually killed the stepdad himself. So this whole thing took place on his computer. Yes. For catharsis until he built up the courage through said catharsis to knife his father. Yes. His stepfather. Yes. That is like pretty dumb. <laughs> yep. Uh I'm kind of into it. <laughs> I guess it's a little bit like the whole like the Dallas thing where the, everything was a dream kind of. Yeah, that's the thing is that ultimately it it's is too a, easy. It's an all it was all a dream that that ultimately is what this is. You could say it's all a video game, but really you're just saying it's all a dream. Yeah, it's so, all a, it's all a digital dream. It's yeah. the same. It's the same thing. Yeah, it is just Shutter Island even. Which Except was, that all in your I mind. guess the difference is that he he created it rather than just experienced it like you would a dream. Yeah. There but was th- more that's a like pretty effort. slim distinction. Pretty slim. Cause we create our own dreams too. We just do it subconsciously. Right. So, so he made this game for himself. Yeah. What kind did it show the actual game? Not so much. And it just looked really boring. Just like a boat going into the seas. Was it like some high graphics crap, or was it like some NES original, like no, 8-bit yeah, overhead more, view? From the limited view that I saw, more like an NES. Yeah, the idea could have been okay. It was just the time of the reveal was so, so odd. And it's like like, abrupt. It was just like, hey, this is what's been happening. But keep like going for another also, 20 minutes. Like there's an attempt here to be like modern, trendy, like getting lost in the digital world and like so much time with screens and like uh, parallel life and all this stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But like, if you, if that's like a very clumsily done thing, if you're not in that world yourself as the person who's creating the story, it was also weird. Like that the sun was like, if the movie, if what we saw played out in his game, he made his parents have really sweaty sex. Mm-hmm. 